<laughs> All right, welcome everyone to another episode of my weird little podcast. Let's get weird. Uh, today we have two very weird subjects. Oh, well, first off, Teresa's here. Hi. Uh, <laughs> Hello. We're both here to talk about um weird sisters and their weird claim to fames. Yeah. Um. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I think I should go first because mine's going to be pretty short because there wasn't a lot I could find on these sisters that I'm mm-hmm. talking about. Mine takes place in 1882. When does yours take place? 1882. Mine is, um, I mean, it starts in the mid 1800s is the beginning, but it ends like right around yours. So. Okay. Yours is kind of first. I think I should go first because mine's going to be so short. <laughs> That's fine. Um, and we'll just get mine out of the way. Um, and we'll travel back in time for this episode. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, I'm talking about the Seven Sutherland Sisters. And the Seven Sutherland Sisters hair fertilizer Um or hair tonic, which was also very popular. So, um, yeah, I got most of my information from Wikipedia, um, a couple YouTube channels. Uh, I got one, I think it was like a French YouTube channel that I found most of this from called Bizarro Bazaar. Um, and apologies in advance because I think a lot of this is not true. Um, a lot of this is very seemed when I was researching this seemed very speculative and seemed like most of this information was probably what was in like the 1880s equivalent of tabloids. So I'm going to get into it and I'm going to let you all decide whether or not you think this stuff is actually true or not or you know, and all that. So most of it's probably true. Um. Oh, well, whatever. <laughs> Who cares? Okay. <laughs> Let's just get into it. All right. So in 1882, the featured performers of the Barnum and Bailey sideshow were the Sutherland sisters, Sarah, Victoria, Isabella, Grace, Naomi, Dora, and Mary. They were uh, performing for their first time uh, in 1882, and they were dressed in white and sang in harmony and danced some simple steps as the crowd gathered. At the end of the performance, the girls would turn around and let their incredibly long hair loose as the audience looked in astonishment. Their hair went well past their knees to the floor down to the orchestra pit. Uh, 37 inches of hair on each of them. So that was their performance. They would just sing and then like, that was it. They would show their hair and the fact that their hair was super long um, was incredible at the time. Uh, (laughs) But I mean, I did a whole episode on P.T. Barnum and his sideshow uh, his display of human oddities. Uh, I would like to do another episode too, where I get a little bit more into the individual people. Yeah. This was one of the the performances was the Sutherland sisters. And uh, yeah, that's a lot of it was just like these very simple little song and dances. And you would look at something weird or different that this person had, uh, you know, as a talent or an attribute or however you want to say it. But uh, these seven sisters had really long hair. Um, so, so the seven Sutherland sisters was a family act from Niagara County, New York, daughters of Fletcher and Mary Sutherland. Uh, they learned a uh, basics of the bel canto. Uh, it is an, an, Italian-originated vocal style that prevailed throughout most of Europe during the 18th 18th and 19th centuries. They learned this from their mother before she passed away, uh, which was in 1867. 
So, uh, what set them apart from the average person was their extremely long hair. So, they grew up, like, on a farm, and basically the farm was not very successful. So, the father, Fletcher Sutherland, uh, after his wife had passed away, and basically to make ends meet um, for his daughters was to cast them in the Barnum and Bailey circus because these girls had incredibly long hair, um, which it just like naturally grew out of their head, like better than other people's hair, I guess. Um, in 1885, Naomi married Henry Bailey, uh, the nephew of James Anthony Bailey, who's the co-owner of Barnum and Bailey along with, Mr. Phineas Taylor Barnum, Mm -hmm. um, who I talked, I talked a little bit about both of them on that podcast, which is entitled Fuck You, P.T. Barnum. Uh, I think it's the Fuck You, uh, Thomas Edison, Fuck You, P.T. Barnum episode. But P.T. Barnum honestly wasn't that bad of a guy. Uh, I found through my research, he was, uh, he was okay. Hmm. He was all right. Uh, (laughs) Most people think that he was a lot worse than he was, and it wasn't really that bad. You know, he didn't electrocute elephants like, you know, Edison. Um, So it was either Henry or possibly their father. A lot of um, accounts say that it was their father who came up with the idea to exploit the Sutherland sisters' uh, amazing ability to grow hair and start using it to advertise and sell hair growth lotion at the end of each of the of the shows oh an ad time yes so (laughs) um he went on to create a patent medicine called the seven sutherland sisters hair grower i'm gonna have the hardest time saying all this the seven sutherland sisters hair grower which was mostly witch hazel bay rum along with traces of hydrochloric acid salt and magnesium so it's probably okay to put in your hair, but it's not going to like, you know, witch hazel and bay rum are pretty much in shampoos to this day. Right. Salt, magnesium. I mean, that sounds okay for your scalp, I guess, you know. The, the what is it though? The uh, hydrochloric acid. Oh, that doesn't sound good though. That's probably not great, but it's like a base. I mean, it depends on how much was in there, but that's like a yeah. basic cleaner right you can put that as a cleaning i mean don't forget when i did the the um when we did that one episode where i talked about women were putting mercury on their face and stuff yeah like that. so like i'm just doing that i'm likening i'm likening it to something like that but it's like ooh, still the thought of it i mean yeah. hopefully it was a small amount that's all <laughs> it's just traces but i don't know yeah. i don't know i wasn't alive back then so well of course. Uh, <laughs> Or was I? But your hair wasn't long enough, Tia. (laughs) I know. My hair is getting pretty long now. I'm actually proud of it because I have this problem where I cut my hair every time I have, like, anxiety. Yeah. meant I had really short hair for a very long time because apparently that happens a lot. Uh, But I didn't touch it almost the entire pandemic, and I'm actually really proud of yeah you're right it has grown pretty long for the record it is to my armpits to anybody who was wondering (laughs) that's good um so okay uh he told the audience that what it was a secret recipe invented uh by the sister's late mother and it was the reason for their miraculous hair growth ability um <laughs> they sold the uh they sold it for 50 cents a bottle and by 1886 the sister has had grossed a million dollars in sales what? and yes like and this is One not million in million they were millionaires god yes, damn in the 1880s damn uh, in the 1890s the hair growth potion was a huge success uh, the tonic quickly became a bestseller, and the line of Sutherland Sisters hair products expanded to include 
a scalp cleanser, brushes and combs, and hair colorators. In addition to wholesaling, wholesaling their products to retail stores, they also made public appearances at retail outlets and maintained several outlets of their own uh, parlors where customers could consult with a salesperson to make purchases, including one in New York City. The sisters now found themselves living in a large Victorian home, uh, a mansion they built in the Warren's Corners of New York, which unfortunately do is, does not exist. It actually burnt down in 1938. Um, so their house was lush. They went from living on a farm and uh, touring around with Barnum and Bailey to now living in a beautiful Victorian home uh, equipped with running water, which I'm sure was super high tech at the time. Lavish marble bathrooms, which they probably needed to wash their incredible long hair. Uh, and it is said that they had summer and winter wardrobes for their dogs. Okay, this is where it gets to be like, I think this is made up. Or or this is like tabloid stuff. Yeah. So they had summer and winter wardrobes for their dogs. Uh, they would have grand funerals when their pets would pass away complete with obituaries that they bought in the local newspaper. Uh, their carriage horses had uh, shoes of gold. So like the horseshoes on their horses had, were made of gold. Uh, they had lavish galas complete with fireworks. Uh, it also is said that they had um, lots of lovers and that they would share lovers, but that also sounds like tabloid stuff. <laughs> yeah okay so basically they had a lot of money and a lot of articles said that they didn't spend it very wisely but this is like coming from nothing into a million dollars a lot of this could have been very speculative speculative though so yeah anyways naomi passed away in 1893 and uh their sisters planned to have a three our $30,000 mausoleum built, but the plans never came to fruition, and Naomi was placed in the family plot without a headstone. So the Sutherland sisters auditioned for a replacement, and they hired Anna Louise Roberts to join their act. Roberts made headlines in 1927 when she was over 60, and her husband, her and her husband, uh, became destitute as the result of a house fire. So this is uh, also where things get pretty sad. Um, they rose to fame very quickly, and then they started to fall very quickly. Um, so Frederick Castlemaine is a dude. He shows up, and he is awful. Um, he is a 27-year-old man who was attracted to the family and their large wealth. Although there was suspicions of him and Dora having something between them, he would go on to marry Isabella, who was 10 years older than him. Uh, he was thought of as, or seen as, as kind of an odd person. Uh, it is said that he would sit on the porch and shoot the wheels of passing wagons, uh, and then give the people a large sum of money to appease them. So he'd sit on the porch and shoot people's wheels off their wagons. And then when they were mad, he would give them a bunch of money. Uh, he was also addicted to opium and morphine and committed suicide in 1897 while accompanying the sisters on a promotional tour. Isabella brought her husband's body home and placed it in the music room in a sealed coffin, uh, equipped with a coffin equipped it with gl a glass lid um every day the sisters would visit the corpse and sing a song to him which also sounds very speculative to me like this is something yeah. in the newspaper after a few weeks the health department intervened and forced the sisters to bury the body um frederick was entombed in a granite mausoleum which cost ten thousand dollars isabella would later be the target of another opportunist alonzo swain who was 16 years younger than her. He convinced Isabella to leave the home she lived in with her sister 
and sell her stakes in the family business and invest them in a new hair potion to compete with her sisters, which failed miserably. Uh, Victoria married a 19-year-old man, causing her sisters to cut her off, and they didn't talk to her again until she was on her deathbed. The profits began to decline with the coming trend of uh, the short hair craze of the 1920s with the fashionable Mm -hmm. or the fashion of like flappers to have short hair. So long hair was long hair was out and short hair was in. Uh, Mary Sutherland is said to have locked herself in her room for long periods of time because of violent psychotic attacks. And in 1927, the three remaining sisters, Mary, Grace, and Dora, went to Hollywood to take part in a film about their lives. While there, Dora was killed in a car accident, and the film was canceled. Published accounts indicate that the sisters did not save or invest wisely, and some of their later, uh, some of them later became destitute. Uh, when the last living sister, Grace, died in 1946 at age 92. She was buried in an unmarked grave. And that is a little bit about the rise and fall of the Sutherland sisters. Oh, wow. And their long, luscious hair. (laughs) (laughs) So, wow. Just uh, something I thought was interesting little sideshow act of P.T. Barnum. Mm -hmm. uh, To fit in with your story. But um, maybe we should take a quick break. Yes. Before we get into your story. Spooky Bean Shop on Etsy sells the cutest, most adorable resin pieces of jewelry that I've ever seen. <laughs> um, I absolutely love the earrings that I got. They are little pink coffins. I know I gave you guys earrings earlier today, and I hope you like them. Yes. Yeah. Teresa's got little... Uh, knives I like your knife earrings. They're yeah. very, um, so, All right. I'm a dexter, dextress. A dextress. dextress. I like that. <laughs> so you can find Spooky Bean Shop on Etsy um, and contact her for all of your cute little resin pieces of jewelry. That's true. Yeah. Or, or, or keychains. I got a or really keychains. dope keychain. Yeah. Ooh, keychains? Yeah, it's a really cool little You can't find us at Claire's. No, no. Uh, yeah, I actually have a really cool keychain. It was like a owl, but it's like one of those ones where you put your fingers through it, and it's like it's for self defense. Yes. My dad saw it. He was like, "You could, you could hurt someone with this," and I was like, "That's point. That's, <laughs> that's, that's the point. That's why we got the big box. There we go. <laughs> Spooky bean shop on Etsy." As in the last name Bean may or may not be related to Patrick and Tia Bean, who may or may not be the host of this podcast. No. <laughs> That's a mystery. Is it a mystery? It's a mystery. It's a mystery, 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 mystery. Something else. And other yeah. things. Boogie Bean Shop <laughs> on Etsy. Awesome. They have your like earrings. Yeah, that's good. They are, they are super cute. They are. They are really adorable. Really yeah, for the spooky bead in your life. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back. Yay. Yay. <laughs> so, yeah, there wasn't much that I could really find on the Sutherland sisters. No, um, I think you found a lot. Yeah, a lot of it felt very um, tabloidy. It was oh. very weird, though, to think, like, what made someone famous? In, like, the 1880s, like... Right. You know, like... Right. Yeah. I mean... I was, like, also thinking... So, like, yeah, like we were talking about earlier before we started recording that, like, I'm listening to Holly Madison's um, Down the Rabbit Hole. 
Yeah. He talks a lot about being famous for being famous uh, in it and reality television. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like she's famous or was initially famous. She's done a lot more in her life since then, but. Oh, yeah. Initially famous for dating Hugh Hefner, for having like an old boyfriend. Right. Being a playmate, right? Yeah. Yeah. Being a playmate. Yeah. But it wouldn't be that interesting if it wasn't for the fact that Hugh Hafner was, like, 80, you know? <laughs> right. But, like, yeah. And so, like, part of me is, like, it's so weird that these girls were just uh, famous for having, like, really long hair. And they kind of sang and, like, danced a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't know. Uh, yeah, you were talking about Kanye's yeah. new fling. Kind Only of for one month, yes. It's over already. It's, oh, okay. it's ancient history by now, but yes. yeah. Trust me. But yes. Like how <laughs> a big deal that she's wearing like jeans as a top. Yes. You know? So, you know, I mean, what gets someone in the spotlight is... She's doing it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah. <laughs> That's what she's doing, like exactly what you said. Like that makes perfect sense, you know, thinking about it that way. Yes. I mean, she she did, okay, to give her credit, just to, I mean, because she should get credit for, she still is an actor somewhere in there, okay? She was oh, in, okay. Um, oh. yeah, that's, I'm sorry, I should have said that before when we were talking, <laughs> but <laughs> I just kept envisioning the jeans bando top in my mind, but no, she was, um, she was in the movie Uncut Gems with Adam Sandler. Oh, okay, okay. I think she played his love interest. I don't know. I didn't see the movie, but... Um, oh, yeah. yeah. That's kind of her... That was her first foray into Hollywood. Mm. And now, of course, her whirlwind romance with Kanye West. Kanye West. So, yeah. Who may or may not be completely unstable. Yeah. yeah. I don't even <laughs> want to go there, but yeah. <laughs> but yes. So yeah, you can um, you can be famous for just about anything in Hollywood, and yeah. if you're at the, if you're trending as we would say nowadays, then yeah, you know you may be in the spotlight for a while. So, and you and who knows how long you can stay there. So, yeah, that kind of leads into my story. Uh, if you would like to hear about it. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah. I know you want to hear about it. Everyone wants to hear about it, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Tia was correct at the beginning of this podcast. We have sisters that are famous for very strange and unusual reasons. Um, and these sisters definitely fit the bill. If anyone out there has ever heard of the Fox sisters. That's who I'm going to be talking a little bit about right now. Um, and I actually didn't, I wasn't that familiar with them, honestly, before I looked it up. But now to look it up, it's like, wow, why didn't I know about them? Like they're, mm-hmm. they're huge in this world. <laughs> so um, let me get into a little a background about them. Um, the Fox sisters, there were three of them, and they were Leah, Margareta, also known as Maggie, and Catherine, known as Kate Fox. And they came into the public knowledge in the United States around the mid-1800s, and they were going to play a very important role in the creation of spiritualism. So spiritualism, I mean, if you're listening to our podcast, you're probably familiar with it. Uh, But if you're not, uh, just in a nutshell, it's the belief that spirits can communicate with the living and usually with the help of mediums. Um, And kind of spiritualism would, at least I don't know about in other countries, but at least here in the United States, it would kind of morph into, you know, grabbing onto some other ideals as well. Um, like, for instance, um, 
later on in the spiritualism spiritualism movement um you know it would it kind of i think the best way i can describe it is that excuse me it was more inclusive of people so it was kind of cutting edge in that way for the time um because they really kind of it really kind of believed in equality and a lot of um abolitionists at you know at that period in time were interested in spiritualism even feminists grabbed on to the movement as well so it kind of you know gathered a lot of steam in that way but for our story about the fox sisters it's kind of going to stay in that um you know just the basic spirits communicate with the living realm so just to touch on that a little bit but yeah the fox sisters were actually the origins of america's first spiritualist movement and they lived in and i love how they phrase this because we don't use this word really anymore they lived in the hamlet of hydesville new york and so it was a very small town and that town hydesville no longer exists uh today it would be just outside of newark new york which would be about 20 miles west of rochester new york Oh, so, so this is all kind of happening around the same time in like the same area. Yes. In New York. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Be if you've got a gimmick. I guess so. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Upper New York State. You yeah. should have been there at that period in time. So during the winter of 1847 to 1848, 15 year old Maggie and 11 and a half year old Katie would open the door to a strange world, a world where spirits were believed in, but they were also manufactured. And how does that happen, you ask? Well, I'm about to tell you. (laughs) So the origin of kind of the Fox sisters, what they were doing in their life and, and the start of spiritualism, it really started out, a lot of people are going to be sad to know, but it really started out as a prank to frighten their mother. So, mm-hmm. and this kind of begins, um, it will kind of give you a, a clue as to, you know, kind of where they were headed later in life as well. But so, yes, they wanted to frighten their mother. They thought it would be fun to do this they lived in you know i said a very small town a hamlet and they lived on a farm so what the the girls did was at first they tied strings to apples and they dropped them on the stairs in a rhythmic manner repeatedly to mimic ghost footsteps so when Mm. the mother heard this she heard these noises and the father heard it but the mother was definitely very superstitious so she was more inclined to believe that something actually could be happening um but you know they kept doing this business with the apples for a while and their mother began to wonder what was going on Mm. at that point they after they did that um they they started to do what they would be known for throughout their career as mediums, because they would have a career as mediums, which I'll get into later. But um, after they did the Apple thing, that led them into their signature move, which was known as the rapping sounds. And not rapping like we know it today. (laughs) Not not rapping in hip hop (laughs) or gift rapping for that matter, haha. But rapping, because they were making, you know, actual rapping sounds on the floor. So um, I'll give away the secret already, but we'll talk about it later. So they actually made these rapping sounds by popping and cracking their toes, then the knuckles and their toes, and using their ankles and legs as well 
but it was mostly in the toes. So they got very my toes before, but it's never that like loud or <laughs> right. <interesting. laughs> right. Oh, that, <laughs> and I mean, I can, I can sometimes crack my knuckles, but it usually takes a little effort and cracking my toes. I mean, no, I don't think I'd be able to do that consistently. Maybe if yeah. I practice, I get like one good, one good crack in like a day. Yeah. You no. Know? <laughs> <laughs> or if it's like cold, if it's cold out, like maybe a couple more, but you know, <laughs> yeah. not, not enough to like make a whole show out of it or anything. Yeah, so. no, but that's exactly, and I agree with you because I can't either, but that's exactly what mm-hmm. those, what the Fox sisters did. Um, and I, and I did say, yeah, it was the two Fox sisters. So Leah is not in the picture at this point, but so they got very good at doing this manipulation of their toes where they could crack their toes they got so good at it um and they had already had you know the apple thing happen but all of this really convinced their mother that the house was haunted Hmm. so at that point you know she was just she bought into the whole thing um with the rapping sounds they would actually tell her that they had been contacting, they had been back and forth communicating with the devil, essentially. Um, But they called him by a nickname, Mr. Splitfoot, which Mm. was his nickname. I guess it was a common nickname for the devil at the time. Um, Splitfoot? Splitfoot, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Maybe the hoof, you know? Yeah, yeah thinking about that but Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) so they told mom that they had been communicating with mr splitfoot and they would ask him to you know they'd they'd basically say that they had him under their control they'd they'd say mr splitfoot you know if you're here you know um do 10 raps well they wouldn't call them raps but they'd call them whatever you know, mm-hmm. and they'd say, do do that 10 times. And then he would do it 10 times. But it was the girls doing it. Mm-hmm. So, but mom, I said, you know, she was very superstitious. And they were Methodist, I believe. So they were believers in the Christian religion. So, of course, anything with the devil is going to be highly, <laughs> you know, they're, gonna, they're not going to want that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so as time went on in the in these early days of the girls just trying to trick their mother and I guess having fun doing it um there were neighbors and people in the town who also wanted to come investigate and so that was happening as well and during these times when people would come over there was another story that popped up and that would be that five years earlier, supposedly there was a man named Charles B. Rosna, and he was murdered, and um, he was a peddler, and they said that he was buried in the cellar. So mm. they were trying to communicate with his spirit. Um, and then years later, there was a claim that I'll get into later that the neighbors dug up the cellar and they found a few pieces of bone, but there was no missing person named Charles B. Rosna ever identified. So was that a real story? We're still not sure at this point, but like I said, the curiosity grew and they came to to the family and they came to investigate for themselves And most people were very convinced because they couldn't disprove anything, of course. They didn't know Mm -hmm. where these rapping sounds were coming from. Um, And they just basically had, you know, no way to prove anything. So they were more inclined to believe. So this kind of leads us into the period where uh, the sisters became mediums. They became known as mediums. And mind you, remember the... It's, it's the ages that get to me at this time. I mean, they were still kids, you know, they mm-hmm. weren't even adults yet, but 
they were gaining all this kind of fame and popularity. So um, during all the haunted house excitement over at their farmhouse home, Maggie and Kate, they were both sent to Rochester. Um, like I said, it was very nearby to live with their eldest sister, Leah, whom I mentioned, and their brother, David. So during this time, they demonstrated their wrappings in large halls and in front of paying crowds. Like I said, this is where they were gaining a lot of popularity and familiarity. And um, it said that it everything with the phenomenon that was happening or supposed phenomenon that people thought was happening at their house in Hydesville, um, they would not have gotten as popular in Rochester if Rochester hadn't been the hotbed kind of, of, you know, different, like you said, different things going on at the time that people were interested in and mm -hmm. spiritualism was one of them. So people were so craving to see this kind of thing that, yeah, they absolutely would pay money they wanted to go find out what the wrappings were all about, if this was real, you know, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. So they also held many seances. And after Rochester and their popularity there, they kind of moved on to New York City. And they held some seances there. And there were definitely notable people that were in the audience for these seances. Some of them, I'll just list a few. Um, William Cullen Bryant, who was a notable poet at the time. James Fenimore Cooper, an editor that was a very popular editor. Sojourner Truth. I don't think oh, she wow. needs an introduction. <laughs> yeah. But most of us know who she was. Um, Underground Railroad, abolitionist. And also William Lloyd Garrison, also an abolitionist. Mm -hmm. So the fact that they were interested in the seances, I think says a lot about the time period as well, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so it's just very interesting. But like I said, they were extremely, extremely popular and well-known mediums at that point. And the seances brought them extremely good financial success, but Without their proper parental supervision, Maggie and Kate both began to drink a lot of wine. Mm. So, and that's going to be very important soon in the story. Um, excuse Speaking me. Speaking of, do we have any wine? <laughs> I know. When I was reading that, I was like, I, I want to drink right now, but I have to get ready oh, yeah. to work. So you know, all you have to say was the word wine. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I need some wine. Mm -hmm. You yeah. see? <laughs> Pat, Pat and Susie have gone to the kitchen to go get me some wine. So. Ah, that's good. I'm drinking mine in the form of a, a, a what is it called? A mixed cocktail that's in a can, a, a can mm -hmm. cocktail. Mm. It's a Mai Tai. It's really good. So um, so that's my wine right now. But <laughs> I had some really good ones and I can't remember what they were what the brand was called, but I got them at Walmart and they were so good. It was like elderflower like and thyme and it was like super like they they were like super bougie, but I got them at Walmart and they were really good. Mm, that sounds good. They yeah. were canned cocktails? Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you remember what the brand of canned cocktail was that we got? No, the ones before. The ones where we got when Roxana was here. I don't remember what they were called. I want to say they were called, like, gal drinks or something like that. Boozy gal. Boozy oh. gal. I bet it was totally that. That sounds about right. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That sounds like a good time. <laughs> that was with the demographic, too. <laughs> hey, you know, I really, and this one, so as long as we're plugging, I'll plug this one. Yes, this one, of course, I don't know if I talked about it before, but it's the Cutwater Tiki Mai Tai. 
Nice. Um, yeah. Cutwater out of San Diego. And they are the best canned cocktails I've ever had. Like, really good. I mean, this is like 12.5%. Like, oh, that's... Geez. Yeah. <laughs> you can't, like, get that in a canned cocktail usually. So, I'm just saying. They're a little pricey, but they're worth it. What's so. the brand again? Oh, it is Cutwater. Cutwater. Out of San Diego. Yeah. I'm looking it up right now. They've got a million different varieties too. Maybe not a million, but they've got a lot. I should be a spokesperson, honestly. I I love their stuff. So they make lots of different kinds. Mai Tai, White Russian. Uh, What else? Long Island iced tea. So anyway, I've gone off on the whole topic here, but... (laughs) Pat just said he's going to message them to make sure they sponsor us. Yes, please. I mean, I'm in love. So, <laughs> um, but back to our story about the Fox sisters. So as you can imagine, um, there was heavy skepticism around everything that these ladies were doing. And I kind of already touched on that a bit, but I was surprised to find out that the skepticism around them began as early as the 1850s. And that would have been right after they started. So people at that point were already starting to pick apart what was going on and, you know, was this really truly happening in a strange phenomena or was it something else? So the sisters were definitely thought to be frauds by many scientists and skeptics. And back to the story of the supposed body in the cellar at at their home. In 1904, there were remains that were found in the cellar, but they weren't that of the peddler that was supposed to have been murdered there. But that didn't matter to the Boston Journal. They went ahead and they wrote a story claiming that the body of the peddler was there. But then when human bones, like were they even, they were a mixture of supposedly human bones, but they probably weren't. What they actually found was that they were random bits of bones and there were chicken bones mixed in there. So it was more likely just a practical joke that was being played on everyone. Someone who obviously knew the story locally at that point and was doing that because they also found a peddler tin box, which was placed years later, even after the story was written but they found they found it to be a hoax because like i said they couldn't they couldn't find any actual evidence that mm-hmm. yes those were human bones they probably weren't and the peddler tin box like i said was placed there so the pet and oh and then they also found out too the whole reason they found any of this out in 1904 was because um, there was a wall that was torn down and they thought that it was a false wall that was concealing you know a grave but it was just a false it was just a a wall that was knocked down it was made part of an addition so Mm. it wasn't anything like a discovery of a body like they had previously thought but actually one of the sisters um Well, she didn't outright say that that was false, but she did say that um, when people would come over and visit the house, that after a while, some of the people in the town began to think that um, someone in the town was the person who had committed the murder of the person that actually was never murdered. Yeah. So they, they shunned that person for... I think his, they called him Bell or something, or that was his mm-hmm. last name. But they shunned this this person, Bell, for the rest of their days. And this was not even a true story. So can you imagine that? I mean, <laughs> to be guilty of something you didn't ever actually do and wasn't mm-hmm. even true. 
um, just goes to show you the store, the house, things can get out of hand. Um, so then this brings us to 1888. And that was a very significant year for the Fox sisters because it was essentially going to be their downfall year. That was kind of the year when things, I mean, things had been unraveling for a little while um, at this point. Like um, all three of the sisters were married. So Leah, Leah was the oldest. So she was quite older than the other two. She was more than 10 years older than the other girls. Um, so it was kind of thought that she was kind of manipulating them in a way almost because she knew that this wasn't true. They knew it wasn't true, but she kind of was encouraging them to go on and, you know, do all these things, gain the success and probably reap financial gain from it as well. Mm -hmm. So they, they weren't, um, they weren't really on good terms with Leah after a while. Um, but the other two sisters, Katie and Maggie, they both got married at different points in their life. Um, but uh, Maggie's husband, who she never actually got to, she had like a kind of a common law thing with him. They never actually got to get married, but um, he died. He was an Arctic explorer too, which is pretty interesting. Um, but he wanted her to get away from the whole lifestyle and she didn't really want to get away from it. So they were at odds with that. Um, and then Katie, she married someone, um, and then he actually wound up passing away. So, and the other husband passed away as well. So it's kind of a lot of strange coincidences like that. So mm -hmm. the sisters would be left on their own after all of that. And like I said, in 1888 was when things really started to just downward spiral. At this point, both Katie and Maggie had serious drinking problems. And remember, I was talking about the wine before. Well, the wine was, and probably much more, <laughs> was going to be the cause of many problems for them. And I mentioned they were feuding with their sister, Leah, who was, you know, kind of the head at the head of things, having the most knowledge of what was going on with them. And then the most crushing day for the Fox sisters would be on October 21st, 1888. That is when Maggie agreed to do something that was definitely going to damage the family and um, her business as a whole and the other sister's business. So Maggie agreed to expose her methods and she sold all the whole story to, to a reporter to, um, what was it, New York World for $1,500. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that, of course, um, you know, was not the million dollars that was in your story, but it was still a lot of, yeah. a hell of a lot of money at the time. Mm -hmm. um, so at that time, she went to the New York Academy of Music and she just exposed her methods and... Here, this is a quote that I wanted to read from what she talked about. Okay, so this is Maggie. Mrs. Underhill, my eldest sister, took Katie and me to Rochester. There it was that we discovered a new way to make the wraps. My sister Katie was the first to observe that by swishing her fingers, she could produce certain noises with her knuckles and joints and that same effect could be made with the toes. Finding that we could make wraps with our feet, first with one foot and then with both, we practiced until we could do this easily when the room was dark. Like most perplexing things when made clear, 
it is astonishing how easily it is done. The wrapping is simply the result of perfect control of the muscles of the leg below the knee, which govern the tendons of the foot and allow the action of the toe and ankle bones that are not commonly known. Such perfect control is only possible when the child is taken at an early age and carefully and continually taught to practice the muscles, which grow stiffer in later years. This, then, is the simple explanation of the whole method of the knocks and wraps. So after she exposed that and explained that to everyone, it was just a big to-do, of course. Um, There's one other quote I wanted to read from her. This one is shorter. She said, A great many people when they hear the rapping, imagine at once that the spirits are touching them. It is a very common delusion. Some some very wealthy people came to see me some years ago when I lived in 42nd Street, and I did some rappings for them. I made the spirit rap on the chair, and one of the ladies cried out, I feel the spirit tapping me on the shoulder. Of course, that was pure imagination. So she did that, and she actually signed a confession in the newspaper explaining the wrappings and also what happened as her home, known as the Hydesville events. But she would soon come to realize that this probably, this confession that she made, even though maybe it... um, alleviated a lot of stress and guilt maybe that she may have been feeling. She, um, she essentially cut off her way to make money for herself. Mm. So by 1889, the following year, she, Maggie recanted her confession and she felt a lot of pressure too from the spiritualist movement to do this as well as the fact that she wasn't able to make money anymore because (laughs) she had just outed herself and, and her sister as complete and total frauds. Mm. So of course she wasn't going to be making money, getting any medium services or conducting any seances. Um, But, you know, so she tried to recant that wasn't going to happen. I mean, everybody didn't believe her at that point already. I mean, most people didn't. Um, so it was it was kind of too late at that point for her. Um, and the sad part of it, this is, you know, I think the saddest part of the whole story is that after this, in 1888, she and her sister Kate were you know, they said they had drinking problems, but it sounded more like heavy alcoholism to me, just from everything I was reading about. And the, the Maggie and Kate both would essentially die in extreme poverty. Um, And Leah had died um, a couple years before them, but they all, all three sisters died around the same time period. Um, It's just that Leah was not in abject poverty. She was very wealthy. She was married to um, a Wall Street banker. So she was doing fine. Um, But because of that feud she had with her sisters, I guess she left them in the dust, it seems like. And they, you know, unfortunately, their lives ended that way. Um, So... Yeah, that is really the sad conclusion to the story of the Fox sisters who started, you know, the spiritualist movement here in the United States. And um, there was one more thing. It was interesting to find out that they're, like I said, I'm, I'm surprised that I didn't know more about them because they are heavily talked about in parapsychology, etc. But they also said that the part they leave out 
is the fact that they confess they were frauds. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, okay, I mean, you're talked about as, as you know, starting this movement, but then you just basically admitted that you made everything made up, all kind up. of. So yeah. <laughs> how can any of us put any credibility in that, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's very sad. It's sad all around. And uh, I'm still trying to, to figure out what to make of it. But, you know, they were able for a time to enjoy a career. Um, yeah. But it seems like they had a lot of deep-seated problems in their lives. And it just wasn't going to turn out well for them. But, um, yeah, they are responsible for starting the, the movement and they did mention Harry Houdini a little bit too like about how he was vocal about wanting to um debunk you know a lot of the stuff with seances yeah. and and mediums and stuff um so yeah they definitely had a lot of critics but um you know um hoax or not they still brought a lot of interesting things i think to the table and for that they should be credited definitely yeah um, but it is kind of sad to think that it started just as like oh let's just mess with our mom you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like we're some kids let's we're bored yeah. let's mess with our mom and that's how it all started you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, there there are still people who are frauds out there today, you yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, especially these like TV mediums that we see quite a bit. You oh, know? right. Yeah. Um, I won't name any names, but I saw one on TV just recently. Uh, he's got like a new show out, and it was just like so appalling to me to watch yeah uh as he like exploited you know using some of the same oh god what was that guy's name john edwards is that his name from back in the day oh uh, yeah that had was it that his name maybe i'm wrong no but no he, like crossing over, crossing over. Yeah. yes yeah uh he had that show and mm -hmm using the same tricks that he used to basically give people leading questions and right to exploit them. So it's not the same, you know, yeah. the Fox sisters were doing, but it is the it's same. Similar. Like yeah. It's very exploiting similar. People when they're at their most vulnerable. And it was very uncomfortable for me to watch because I was like is this still on TV like this is still what we're mm -hmm. doing exactly um, oh and you know what's oh I'm sorry no oh, yeah go ahead I was just gonna say I forgot to mention uh that yeah it's just going mm -hmm. off of what you just said that um you know just I don't know how many years earlier but you know these ladies would have been thought of as witches and condemned, you know, oh, like, yeah. like ultimately. And now they're like the superstars in the mid 1800s, yeah. you know, now it's like popular. It's the thing to do, but they would have been burned at the stake like a few, you know, like two um, centuries before or whatever, you know? So yeah. it's like, I just thought that was really interesting too. Yeah. Like, how at different times in our history where people are, what people are thinking, I guess, at, at different times. It's interesting to, to think about that. So, <laughs> well, they still had a bad run of it anyway, even though I guess nobody, I mean, some people I'm sure thought they were witches and condemned them, but. Oh yeah. You but know. that probably, you know, sometimes that can work for you too, to mm -hmm. make you even more popular. Yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? Like, there's no such thing as bad press. Right. <laughs> you know. Not back then, especially, you know. Yeah. That was all they had. Limited means, word of mouth. And yeah. I guess if you were living in in that area, 
but they did have newspapers. So they did travel to different cities and perform their wrappings and, yeah. and seances and stuff. But Man, if, I, if only I lived back then, I could just crack my toes or grow, <laughs> grow my hair out really long. You know, exactly. See, I already got the long hair too, but <laughs> it's not, uh, it's probably not as luxurious as the ladies were. But <laughs> well, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, for good sure. story. We'll call this one the one with weird sisters. Yes, or something like that. Very weird sisters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so follow us on social media. Email us your suggestions at my weird little podcast at gmail.com uh listen to our sister podcast hollywood's haunted the podcast we just came out with a couple new episodes uh and we got to be part of that canadian show the haunted the haunted walk which was really cool this past weekend it was so fun it was really fun Um, we got to talk about some creepy Hollywood stuff on there. So hopefully (laughs) there will be other shows in the future that we get to be a part of and, uh, you know, um, like us and subscribe and, you know, (laughs) listen to our episodes and, uh, stay weird. Stay weird. Do weird stuff. Yeah. Just be weird. Yay. (laughs) 